0: Did you bring a Bible this morning? Let's go in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. As we continue our sermon series on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Has God been speaking to you through this series? Amen. I pray that he has. And this morning we come to his word once again. Jesus said, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts by your word. I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. I want to use for a subject this morning a thought or a concept that has uh, been written a lot about in the leadership world, and it's really a a sociological uh, event or phenomena that takes place. It's called a tipping point. It is a moment in time when situations and uh, things come to just the right moment for everything to change. There are, are in, uh, in uh, the study of tipping points, there are certain factors that contribute to when an epidemic uh, becomes an epidemic and spreads on a global basis, certain uh, factors, certain things that have to come together. There are also uh, tipping points in commerce when we think about uh, why certain styles become popular and others go out of popularity because there are, there are certain things that have to take place certain factors that have to come into place in order for uh, something to change. And often those changes are drastic, but they're caused often by small things that come into alignment all at the same time. And I believe this morning that America is at a tipping point. I believe the church is at a tipping point, and I believe that you, maybe this morning, individually are at a tipping point. It's a point in the life of our nation when we are um, tipping onto to the slippery slope of destruction. And I think we have already begun to tip into the wrong direction. We have uh, by our choices, by our lifestyles as a nation, we have disregarded God. We have abandoned the truth of the scripture. We have dis, uh, disobeyed the, the, the commandments of God. And as a result the tip has occurred and the the factors have come into place that have brought us to a place, I believe, now where America is under wrath and under judgment from God. When we look at our political comedy that we now have running for president, you realize that God has left us to our own devices. And we are in a dangerous place as a nation. The church is at a tipping point as well, and I believe, in particular, that Kingsway Church and the church in Beeville is at a tipping point. There are certain factors present here that are so powerful and so essential that I believe that the church in Beeville at large and in Kingsway Church in particular that we are at a tipping point where, if we will make the right decisions and pursue God in the right way, that we will see an outbreak and an outpouring of revival in our day. And so uh, there is a, an urgency in our, in our moment, in our day as a church. There is an urgency for us as believers to come together and to decide that we're going to be in the right place at the right time to do the right thing and to accomplish the will of God so that heaven can come to earth and we can say on earth as it is in heaven. That we can say that in the church, and we can say that in our finances, and we can say that in our relationships, and we can say that in our education, and we can say that in every sphere and atmosphere of our life. There is a tipping point for many of you this morning. You teeter-totter on the edge of decision. If you go one way this morning, you will find yourself on the slippery slope of destruction, walking away from God and going further than you ever thought you would go. But I allege this morning that if you will tip in the other direction, if you will tip in the direction of faith, that you will find yourself under the outpouring of God's amazing grace and his power to save and to deliver your soul. Come on, somebody. If you are at a tipping point, this message is for you this morning. Often tipping points come at moments of critical decision, moments of desperate crisis. I bring to your memory the story of a woman in the Old Testament. Her name is Hokabed. She is at a tipping point. The federal government of her day, the, the dictator, the king, Pharaoh, has decided that he's going to kill all the boys born in the Jewish households. And guess what she brings into the world? A boy. Have you ever gotten the wrong thing at the wrong time? I'm sure she would have much rather had a little girl at that moment because uh, Pharaoh wasn't after the little girls, but God didn't give her a little girl. He gave her a little boy. I just want to caution you this morning that sometimes God will not give you what you want, but He'll always give you what you need. He had given her a boy because this boy would be no ordinary boy. He would be the sea parting Moses. He would be the man that would deliver Israel in the Exodus. This man would bring deliverance not just to his family but to his nation. And yet, Huckabad doesn't receive what she would like to have had. It would have been easier to have had a boy, sometimes uh, to have had a girl. Sometimes God doesn't give us what's easy. Have you ever noticed? You ever thought about it and just said, Lord, if you would just give me just once the easy way. Just once, God, give me the easy path. But God gave her the hard way. Often God will accomplish deliverance in us the hard way. The easy way will lead us to boasting and saying, look what I have done. But the hard way leads us to saying, look what the Lord has done. This was God's doing. Is there anybody going the hard way right now? Is there anybody that is enduring some hardship? Can I tell you, when it's all over, you're going to sing, look what the Lord has done. He gave her a boy. She tried to hide him. The Bible says she tried to hide him. You ever tried to hide a baby? Babies don't cooperate with hide and seek. Babies tend to cry whenever they well please. They can be in church. They can be in the, in the, uh, school. They can be wherever they are. If they need something. They're going to make it known. She tried to hide him and she accomplished this project for three months. She managed to keep baby Moses out of sight and out of the threat of Egypt, but it just kept getting closer and closer. I imagine that she would hear from time to time the rush of soldiers walking by the house and she would hear, you know what, they just busted so-and-so and her baby boy over there, two houses down and the, the trial became real and it became uh, visual as her baby boy was now in real trouble. I'm speaking today to people who have some children who are in real trouble. Trouble. She was at a tipping point. What was she to do? The Bible says she came up with an idea that would have put her today under the severe punishment of the child protective service. She came up with a strategy that was absolutely crazy. But I believe that although she did not know the words of the Lord's Prayer, she understood the principle of the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus taught us to pray, Thy will be done. You see, friends, this is the tipping point. When you come to a place of saying, Thy will be done. She took that baby and she put him in a basket and the Bible says that she covered the basket in pitch. In other words, uh, the word pitch is in the Old Testament is the same word used for the word atonement. It is a reference to the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, at the cross, when she Covered that basket in pitch. She was basically saying her last prayer over that baby boy and saying, God, you're going to have to cover him now. You're going to have to deliver him now. If if he's going to survive, he's going to survive by your mercy and by your grace. And then she took that basket and she went down to the Nile River. And she placed the baby, yes, the baby, in a basket. the river. I assure you, I have seen the Nile. The Nile is no Texas Creek. It is no two inches of water on a rainy day. The Nile is a vast, wide, rushing river. And I want you just to picture in your mind a mother who loves her child enough to hide him, enough to protect him, but now she's come to a place where she can do no more for him. She's come to a tipping point and she, she lays him on the waters of the Nile and then maybe she whispers a final prayer, Thy will be done. And she walks away. That moment was the tipping point for Huckabed and for Israel which moment pastor the moment when she walked away the moment when she said god i have done all that i can do now this thing is in your hands but can i tell you friends that the moment that you let go god takes over the moment that you turn it o- turn it over god says all right now i am in control i'm speaking to some people this morning that god is telling you you're gonna have to let go you're gonna have to trust me you're gonna have to leave it in my hands thy will be done as Hakabed is walking away God is walking on the scene I said God is walking on the scene you see as long as you can handle it God won't handle it but the moment you realize I can't handle this God says alright it's in my court now I'm going to do what I want to do in this thing and just at that moment the scripture says that that basket starts going down the Nile, the edge of that river. And wouldn't you know that Pharaoh's daughter had this sudden need to go and take a bath. I imagine the Lord uh, whispered in her ear, you stink. <laughs> you have a hot date tonight. You better get ready. I don't know what it was, but something moved that woman. You see, when God is on the job, he'll move even your enemies into place to accomplish his purpose and his will for your life. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in the house of God that knows that God is the best chess player there's ever been? He knows how to move the pieces in your life. So she goes down to the river, and what does she find? She finds baby Moses in a basket. And whereas in the morning Moses woke up in a little shack on the Jewish side of the of the uh, of uh, of Egypt, that night he was rocking to bed in an Egyptian cradle, and he was being uh, he was being nourished at the very hands of his enemy. You know that Moses was raised by his enemy. Did I not tell you the other day that the Lord was set a table before you in the presence of your enemy what am i telling you i'm telling you that god will get the job done and he'll get the devil to pay for it if he has to and moses was raised a prince in egypt because his mama in the direction of faith. Fast forward a few hundred years, you find the capital city of Israel surrounded by, by a besieging army. The Assyrians are coming in for the kill. Israel is so desperate. There is a a city walled in, shut in, and people are starving to death. The situation is so desperate that mothers are eating their young. And on the outside of the city walls, there are four lepers. These four men have nothing to lose. They have arrived at the desperate crisis of physical infirmity. They're not wanted inside for, for fear of spreading the contagious disease. And they are not wanted outside uh, for uh, the, the, the uh, there is nothing for them. There is nothing to offer them. There is a desperate situation. And these men start thinking. If we go in the city, we're going to die of hunger. We stay here, we're gonna die of hunger. What if we attack the invading army? You ever had a crazy thought? They said, What if we attack the invading army? This is what I have always suspected that these guys may have been Hispanic. Because this was their logic. They thought to themselves, you know, if if we Attack the invading army, there are two possibilities. Number one, they're going to kill us. And if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. And this way, we will die heroes. But if we don't get killed by the invading army, they have to take us as POWs. And if we're prisoners of war, then they have to feed us. They're at a tipping point. And the Bible said to ask the question, why sit we here until we die? Some of you are sitting right there at that tipping point teeter-tottering like the nation of israel in the days of elijah between two opinions serving god not serving god giving it to god not giving it to god and today i'm here to push you a little bit and to tell you it's time to go god's way why sit you there until you die why sit you there until you die they got up and they went and they began to march against that army four lepers No weapons, no strategy, no strength. They had no power. They were sick men. But the Bible said at the very moment that they got up, the Lord God got up with them. I said, God got up beside them and He advanced along with them. You see, they knew that God... Might just get involved in this thing. And if God got involved, that anything was possible. The scripture said that when the Lord stood up, they got up at twilight. And at twilight, the Lord caused a noise to come over that army and brought confusion. And the Assyrians began to fight one another in the melee. And they began to run from the presence of four lepers. The lepers didn't even know what was happening. They arrive at the camp of the Assyrians, and there is nobody to be found. They walk into the general's tent, and there is a feast laid out on the table, and they are they are uh, they are thinking what just happened here and they are eating the grapes and the pomegranates and the turkey legs and the uh, and the tacos and the and the enchiladas and they are experiencing the provision of God and then they go over to the closet and they find some fine new clothes and they get dressed you see that was a picture of our salvation because when you and I came to Christ he laid a table before us and he dressed us in his righteousness and he gave us his his righteousness for our own. They came to a tipping point and they tipped in the direction of faith. I'll give you one more this morning. The great Apostle Paul, he is unique in the story of the Bible. Wrote more than half of the New Testament. A fierce adversary and persecutor of the church. But then he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I mean a real encounter. Not a bumper sticker encounter. Not a t-shirt Christian encounter. He had a real encounter with Jesus Christ. I mean when when he met Jesus... He met Jesus. He came and was converted. He was transformed. Have you been converted? Have you been transformed or are you just, are you still just teeter-tottering between two opinions? Have you had that experience, that conversion experience where sin and hell lost its hold on you and the power of God took over your life? If you haven't had that experience, Jesus wants you to know him in that way this morning. He became a preacher of the gospel and he became an out, uh, uh, outspoken, powerful minister of, of the Word of God. He worked miracles and he, he saw literally heaven on earth. And then one day for the preaching of the Word, he was put into prison where he was arrested. And they took him and they put him and uh, his associate Silas In, in jail, they put them in prison and they beat them. They flogged them. Their flesh torn. Their, their uh, spirits just about broken. They laid them in stocks and in chains. Stocks are when they spread your legs out and your arms and put them in, in wood so that you can't move. You may have never been there physically, but some of you came to church in stocks this morning. You're walking around, but you're bound in your spirit. They were at a tipping point. Sweat and blood running down their brow. Their arms and legs stretched out. Their backs beaten and flogged. They had the opportunity. To decide, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is too hard. This is not what I expected. I was thinking that it was going to be easy. They had the opportunity to renege and say, God, this wasn't in the contract. Because you see, often when the Lord calls a man, he'll give him a blank sheet of paper and say, sign the bottom." That's why there aren't too many who will go into the ministry because not too many people will sign a blank piece of paper and sign the bottom and just let God fill in the contract later. Paul could have said, I haven't, I didn't, this wasn't in my contract. This isn't in the deal. I'm not even insured for this. There he is with his associate and maybe he's thinking, look at the trouble I've gotten him into. Look at the place that I brought him through. I was his leader. And you know, I, I'll just share that with you right now that sometimes as your pastor, I tremble at, at the decisions that we have to make and are going to make going forward because I know it's going to require you to sacrifice and to fight and to save and to pro, and to, um, to, press through in order to achieve the things that God has called us to do. And maybe like Paul uh, and Silas, I look over at you and say, Lord, if we had just minded our own business and left Bevel alone and not been praying about revival, then maybe he wouldn't be attacking us and maybe we wouldn't be sick and maybe we wouldn't be going through this hell. But I'm here today to tell you that our God is a deliverer and that he is our stronghold and our strong tower. He looks over at his associate Silas, and they're in the tipping point. Do I complain? Do I cry over my hardships? Do I quit? Some of you are at the tipping point. Or do I tip over into faith? Do I tip over into believing God? And Paul turns over to Silas and he says, Hey Silas, what's that song we were singing in church last Sunday? Paul, I really can't focus right now. Yeah, you remember that song we were singing in church last Sunday about chains being broken and walls coming down and about dry bones rising. You remember that song? Remember that song about Jesus rising from the grave? And I don't know what song they began to sing, but the Bible said that they tipped over into faith because they started singing a song in the middle of the night, in the midnight hour, at the moment of deepest crisis and trial. They began to sing out to the Lord. And the Bible tells us that while they sang, the walls of the prison began to shake. And the, the ground beneath them began to tremble. And the stocks and chains began to come loose. Because Paul and Silas had tipped over into faith. Revival had come. Heaven had come into the house. Heaven had come into the room. Come on somebody, are you at a tipping point right now? I dare you to worship God, I dare you to praise Him, I dare you to get excited about your future because God is going to shake the walls of your prison. He's going to shake the walls of your situation. And get ready people because there is a spiritual earthquake coming that is going to break the chains. Come on, if you're at a tipping point right now, tip into faith. Tip into faith. Tip into faith. Open your mouth and just declare your faith in God. Declare your confidence in God. Come on, just all over this room, it's prayer meeting time. Just lift your hands and make a decision. I'm gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna believe God. The church is at a tipping point. It's just one or two or three more drops and the cup's going to be overflowing. Just one or two more prayers and that veil is going to be torn up. Just press a little bit. Just press a little bit. I need a pressing church this morning.